Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And this one is pulled away. Will this be the, the century? There's the century. A magnificent stuff there from Evan Lewis. Finally, in this series, he crosses the line and receives the applause and admiration of his teammates. And very well deserved. Bringing up his third one day international century. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I'm your co-host, Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, and as ever, Santoki joins me. Santoki, where you at? Yep, yep, Santoki here. I'm all good, Mash. So this weekend in the CPL, we've seen Pollard and Puran pull out some stunning innings. Um, and all talk has been about West Indies, chances at the World Cup next year with all this star power. So we've got someone today who's going to be crucial in West Indies' title defence. So Mash, do you want to introduce him to the people? Indeed, indeed. I think this may be... This is our biggest guest we've ever had in terms of current cricketer. Um, technically, Ronnie Sarwen would be bigger in terms of legendary cricketer. But in terms of current cricketer, this is our biggest guest yet. We've got um, the destructive opening batsman for Trinidad and the West Indies and various franchises around the world. We've got Evan Lewis on the show today. Evan, how you doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. Excellent. Good stuff, Evan. Which one of... We're going to run straight into it. We've got so much to cover today and we know that your time is precious as well. So we're going to get straight into it. And Santoki is going to start off with just how CPL is going this year. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. CPL. So I think the first thing we've had a few people ask us is on Saturday, you had a slight injury scare. Um, you didn't open on Saturday, but you played on Sunday. Currently, what's your physical status? Are you 100%? No, not 100%. Um, I've been doing some work with the physio. Um, mm-hmm. That's been going well so far. Um, just about probably, I'm not sure how, it's gonna, how long it's going to take for me to get back 100%, but you know, I'm going to do my best to be out there for the team and anywhere possible. Mm. How have you found it? Because obviously, because of COVID, there hasn't been much cricket in the last few months. And CPL this year has been crammed into three weeks, so it's a very short tournament. You play games very fast and frantically. How have you found it physically? Uh, it has been very tough, to be honest. Um, Oh, my last my last official game was probably probably January February against Ireland West Indies, and basically after that there wasn't really no cricket. It was basically um there's probably gym and, and running and stuff. So it was kind of mm-hmm. difficult coming into this tournament knowing knowing that you don't really have much match practice and and so on. But 
as I say, and cricket is cricket at the end of the day, you know, we all, we all want to be out there playing. Um, might not go as, as, as how we wanted to go, but, you know, thank God we are there playing still, same cricket still. Mm. And despite that gap, you've been in the top five run scorers. You're the leading run scorer for your franchise at the moment. You've hit 16 sixes, I believe. How have you seen your own performance so far in CPL? Um, as I say, um, you know, the COVID had a big part to play in it. Um, but we have had some challenges here, you know, coming into the camp, you know. To be honest, we probably had one good official practice, you know, the rain has played apart and, and so on and so on. But as I say, my form is there, you know, there's a matter um, probably trying to carry on a little longer in the team. You know, the team is probably it's a little on edge right now, you know. Mm. Everyone is not playing to the best of the ability, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. So this year is probably a different role for me to try and probably bat through the innings and probably get the team up to a good score. Ash, did you want to come in? And actually, it's interesting you make that point, Evan, because I think Santoki and I had said uh, at the beginning of the tournament and essentially throughout the tournament thus far, we'd always said that if you hit a good score, it's likely that St. Kitts put themselves in a position where they can win the match. And the, the, the game where you hit your score is the one that St. Kitts, St. Kitts won. So do you feel... Does that put you under pressure to feel like you have to come good every innings? Yeah, it does, to be honest. You know, everyone keeps saying the same thing also. You know, you have to bat, you have to bat, and this and that. And to be honest, yeah, it put me on a, a, a bit of pressure. But at the end of the day, at the same time, you know, you want the best for you and also the team. So I think it's something you have to adapt with. You know, not all franchises, you might probably go and get a, a destructive team that, you know, you'll be under slightly pressure. And knowing someone who have been doing good in T20 cricket, I think the pressure will always be on me to get a good score for the team. Mm, and of course, um, everyone's been chatting about it, but I think St. St. Kitts, lots, lots of teams lost players um, prior to the start of the tournament, but St. Kitts and Nevis weren't helped when obviously they lost Fabian um, before the tournament started and given his, ex well, I was about to say his explosive batting ability, but he offers everything, batting, bowling, fielding, everything. And the, I guess the, the, the big thing was, and we spoke to Riyad Emirate at the start of the tournament, the way the team is structured, there was no one player who could, essentially come and replace Fabian. Yeah. He's, he's definitely right. You know, Fabian is a guy who has been doing tremendously good for us. Um, I think when we lose him, they played a big part in our team because at the same time last year when he was there also, I could probably be myself. I probably could um, get a team off a, a flying start. You know, you don't have to worry too much in the end. You know, Fabian is always there to go and take it away the balls at the end there. But it's a big blow for us, to be honest. It's a hard, hard nut to swallow, to be. But I don't really know much, much I can say about it, but it's, it's, it's tough for us. Mm. Now, you're... So in the, let's talk in... I was about to speak in world context, but let's just talk in terms of Caribbean context. When we talk about openers in the Caribbean, particularly in 2020 cricket, um, I shouldn't really call names, but I'm going to call names. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk, when we talk openers... Everyone will still. Everyone will say Chris Gale, obviously, legend yeah. of the game, given so much to the to the sport, etc. But after Chris, people are mentioning your name, um, and I guess a lot of our listeners would be kind of interested to know how did you? I guess the question is how did you come to twenty twenty cricket? Because everyone kind of looks at Evan Lewis and they see him as the, oh, the explosive twenty twenty batsman, the explosive ODI batsman, as if you never played first class cricket. Um, so how did you make this transition to 2020 and how has your game developed over the years playing 2020 cricket? 
It hasn't been. It hasn't been tough. Um, I started off playing four day cricket first. Firstly, um, but I always had a, a passion for the limited over format. You know, um, knowing that the style of my batting, you know, I know T Twenty will be much suited for it. Um, I get an opportunity probably two thousand and twelve when we went Champions League in um South Africa, and from there, um, everything took off pretty nicely, and I get um to like the format very much. You mentioned you made your debut in 2012. I think it was against Afghanistan. Um, and your captain then was Ryad Emmett for that game. And he's also your captain now at the Patriots. Kind of in those early days of T20 cricket, you obviously played with Ramdin and stuff. He's with you at the Patriots. Who were like the key players who helped you kind of evolve and get used to the format of T20 cricket? Uh, that's a very good question. I think probably, uh, probably Riyad and Ramdin is probably the most... I never really had the opportunity to play cricket with guns, with Ganga. But um, I think Ariad and, 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 and Ramden were the guys when I know really boost on the scene. These guys were there to help me along. Yeah, because you made, you made your debut in 2012, as we said. By 2013 at the Champions League, you were the top scorer for Trinidad and Tobago at that tournament. Were you always a naturally attacking player even before that? Or was it something you had to work on to adjust to that for T20 cricket when you're playing ultra-aggressive cricket? No, I think I was naturally an aggressive player. You know, but you know, when you play in different formats, you have to adapt and, and you know, mm. know the situation and this stuff. But naturally, I was an attacking batsman. Mm. And then we fast forward um, three years and you get a call up to... I think Lendl Simmons got injured and you got called up to the World Cup. Uh, the 2016 World Cup winning squad. Obviously, Lendl came back later in the tournament. Um, now, I know you didn't play. I think you played once in, in that World Cup, but yeah. everyone always says, oh, West Indies was the dream, West Indies was the dream to get selected. But were you, think of like when you're a 19-year-old and you're making your way through, were you always thinking, I want to get selected for the West Indies in ODIs, T20s, tests, or was it a case of, right, I've shown everyone what I've been doing in 2020s, I want my West Indies selection? Were, were you... Were you being specific? Um, to be honest, I was never really a, a big fan of, about the test cricket. You know, if, if they do call me to play, I will play. But mm. my passion is really to play limited overs, 50 mm. overs and T20. But at the same time, you know, 50 overs are longer format. You know, you have to adjust and, and so on. But I prefer the T20 cricket because, you know, it, it works right up my alley. So that's why I have a, passion, a bigger passion for it. Mm. And... I think 2017 has been your best performance in CPL. I think, was that the year when St. Kitts got to the final? Um, yeah. I think when yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you and Chris are at the top, or at the top of the order, just smashing everybody. Um, but uh, that, that 2017 tournament, when St. Kitts got to the final, your strike rate across that tournament was like 184, which is, I'm not saying it's unheard of, but that consistency is, is unheard of. And um, were you, and then you got the, then you got the um, IPL deal. In that, in that 2017 tournament, were you thinking IPL? Or were you like, if I get it, I get it? Or, or were you surprised when you got the IPL deal? Yeah, were you surprised or were you expecting it? <laughs> I probably was. I was expecting it to extend because, you know, I, I had scored 200 against India. Mm. I think that, that year for CPL was uh, the icing on the cake, to be honest. You know, it's just a matter of what, which franchise you will go with. But I wasn't shocked at the same time because I, I had a strong feeling I would have get by for the IPL because I had a, a great year, 2017. Yeah. And I'm going to touch on it <laughs> because you, you briefly mentioned it, but I'm going to touch on it. I actually <laughs> respect, I respect you, Evan, for saying 
test uh, red ball cricket is not really your thing because it was it would be easy it would be easy for you to say well you know maybe <laughs> one day, maybe one day I'll get a test call up but you're just straight in there that's not really my thing but no, on a serious note though because I have to ask the question because everybody answers the question the in the Caribbean we have a dearth we don't have many openers um in the test format who are putting their name forward now i know i'm going to put words in your mouth here you will always be in demand from 2020 franchises so the chances of you playing a four-day championship are slim <laughs> but at the same time there must be a tiny part of you which says hmm maybe <laughs> Maybe I should just do one season of it and just see, see what happens because the chances are, Evan, if you did have a good season, you can select. Yeah, to be honest, everyone keep asking me about it though. You know, like, why you don't give test cricket a chance and you're going to because you have the right technique, you know. You, you, can, you can always score, you can always make up in test cricket, you know, test cricket is a lot of time and so on, so on. I give it a thought, to be honest, this year. I mm. really had to give it a thought. So it's something I'll be probably working with later on in the year and, and giving it a serious thought about coming back and playing some four-day cricket and hopefully be on a test team to play. I don't know how long I will play test cricket, but at least play a couple of games. That's, that's why you froze, you know. You know, I, I actually play test cricket. Wait, wait, so hold on, Evan. Hold on, hold on. Is that <laughs> teasing us? Is that what you did? You're teasing us and you're being serious. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm being serious. I'm being serious because I can, I can, I probably can see my myself probably get squeezing in somehow into the test team. You know, that's probably coming and having a great season. And yeah, it's possible. I have, mm. I have, a, I have a think about it. To be honest. Well, anything we can do to help you think harder about that, just I <laughs> 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 will try and do it. So tell <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about um, Chris Gell because you've become synonymous with him. Um, you played for St. Kitts together, West Indies, T20, ODIs. Firstly, I mean, what impact has he had on your own career, opening with Chris Gell, who's a legend in the format? Uh, actually, he's had a lot. You know, he's an easygoing guy. Um, you know, you always, you always tell me, you know, always be yourself. Be confident whenever you go to bat, whenever you go to field, you know, believe in yourself at all times. I think he's probably like a, a big brother, you know, you never had in the mm -hmm. game. So he has come a long way, he has teached me a lot of things, you know. We get along good, we have a good relationship. You know, sometimes I might be probably struggling a bit and I might message him and ask him, you know, certain things. I know he helped me. So he, he has been a, a tremendous guy for me and he, he uplifted me a lot, to be honest with you. I learned a lot from him. Mm, good to hear. And um, so, when you come out to bat with him, kind of, does he, as the senior batsman, does he take the lead into what the game plan is, or do you kind of just see how the pitch is playing after the first deliveries? How do you work out how to build an innings from the start? Yeah, actually, we we, we take a couple of balls to see if the wicket is seeming or if it's coming through or what, so on. Mm. Uh, he's a guy, you know, probably on a day. You know, which one ever batsman get off, you know, he's a guy will probably, if you know I'm getting off, he'll probably try and give me the strike a lot. And that's one thing definitely I respect about him, you know, knowing he's that, that kind of caliber guy he is, normally he will just say, you know, let me take on the bowling, you know, let me sit back. But he's a guy like, you know, if you know I'm going after the bowling, he will give me the strike as, as most as possible. And that's one thing I respect him for. Definitely. And we mentioned players who maybe impacted you early on in your career. Later on, you've obviously played with Lendl Simmons, Marlon Samuels. Are there other players who have kind of had an impact on your, developing your game recently? 
that's a very good, that's a next, next good question. I don't want to lie, I want to be honest to be yes. Western is Western is why I can't say why. To be honest, I, I get along with, with most of the players, to be honest, but I'm not a person, you know, someone that's go out and be asking questions and this mm-hmm. and that. And I, I probably a more laid back person, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, if I really need to get some information, I will go to the guys and get information. But I wouldn't really say it have had guys that, other than the two names you call, that yeah. actually, you know, who I could probably look on or who would probably help me. As I say, I get along good with everyone else. So if I have to ask a question, I ask anyone. Basically, that's it, yeah. Just, just quickly, Santo, before you go on to like, um, the Oval. Um, so out of interest, Evan, how would, I mean, you don't need to go into massive detail, but how did you get into the game then? How, what, was your, what, was your, what was your in to the game? Was it family or friends? Like, what, what made you get the passion for the game? Uh, actually, it's my father, to be honest with you. You know, he, he played cricket in, in his time, you know, he was cricket and football, but um, he actually pushed me and my brother to play cricket. You know, it wasn't really, them timing wasn't really easy, you know, sometimes as a left hand, you, you, you actually share a right hand gloves, a right hand pad, you know. It was pretty, pretty tough growing up. You know, he keep pushing me, he ended up selling me to a cricket um, academy. Mm. And from there, every, everything takes off. Right. Okay. 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 And were you like lots of players say like they they got recognised at under fifteen, sixteen? Were you like that where it got noticed pretty quickly that um, at the at the age group levels? Yeah, yeah. It get it get. Um, I think to be honest with you, I think it was probably on a thirteen. Mm. Sally, to say that <laughs> when I started playing on a thirteen cricket, I was actually a fast bowler. And many, <laughs> many, many, many have. Many haven't noticed, but I was a fast ball, actually button 10. Yeah. Actually button 10. And when I, when I attend secondary school, the team had one opening batsman and they didn't have anyone else. So I took the opportunity and from there, everything is where it is now, to be honest. It's amazing, you know, Santoki, how many cricketers you speak to and they say, I wasn't even thinking about doing what I ended up doing. There was yeah. a gap. <laughs> and I put my name forward for that gap, <laughs> and now look where I am. <laughs> Talk you back to you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's. I guess let's talk about um your kind of favourite innings. So you've played some brilliant innings across the world. Two centuries against India, for instance. For me personally, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. Your innings at the Oval is my all-time favourite innings because I was there in the audience. Um, I was with my granddad as well, who um hadn't been to a cricket match in about thirty years. And I was telling him, West Indies are going to do this. They've, they've got a good batsman in their team, Chris Gale, Marlon Samuels, Evan Lewis. And we got there. There was no Guyanese players in the team, my granddad's Guyanese. So it wasn't the best <laughs> start. Um, <laughs> so, so then I told him, listen, our batsmen, we're going to put up a big total. Chris Gale goes first over. He's out. Marlon Samuels is out by the sixth over. We're 30 for three. I'm thinking, oh, my granddad, this is his first game in 30 years, man. It's, it's all going downhill. The guy next to me in the crowd was saying, listen, he's telling his wife, I'm going to be home early. This innings is over. <laughs> and then um, literally from then, I think it was with Jason Mohammed and Jason Holder, you just built a perfect ODI innings. The way it was paced out, you, you didn't get off to a flying start, but you build it up over time and then you accelerate it towards the end. If you didn't get injured by that ball, you looked like you were going to get a double century at the oval, which is amazing. So for me, that's my personal favourite innings um, of all time, as I said, just because of the experience. Um, what stands out for you in your career? 
to, to be, I wouldn't say that because you just say that, say that uh, that was probably the best thing to work. Actually, actually, actually it was, to be honest, because at the same time we were under pressure, we were probably like, I think probably two down or three down in the series. Um, you know, knowing that Lawson Chris very early and Marlon very early, it was kind of tough. You know, me and Jason went out there and we, we, we stuck it out, you know, we got a good partnership. You know, actually, that what stands out for me the most about that game, I didn't really try to hit much balls in the air. To be honest with you, the, the first ball I hit in the air is after I scored my 100. Mm. So, def- definitely, that, that, that is probably the best, best innings I've ever, ever played and enjoy, to be honest. How do you, when you get to that point when you're just, after you got to the century, as you said, you were hitting things and everything's working out, do you just feel like you're invincible? Is it just everything's going your way? Does that help your confidence? Like, how do you manage to play such a long innings to such a great extent? Yeah, to be honest, after you, after you, you bought so many overs, you know, and you get in a hundred, you know, you feel very, very relaxed. Um, it's sometimes like you're batting, like where you expecting the ball to come, you actually get the ball there. You know, that is, that is basically when you spend time in the crease, your confidence level does be so high that, you know, you can hit any ball anyway for six. Mm. Have you ever had a similar feeling in another match or has that been like, you'd say, the only time where you felt like that? Um, actually, the, the, the game I scored in 97 against Barbados, mm. uh, that was 2017 when I scored 97, not out in probably 30 or 32 balls somewhere around there. That game actually, yeah, that game... After hitting the first ball for six, I just said, well, today's going to be the day. Today's the day, yeah. And as <laughs> everything came in good after that, it was crazy, man. Have you got any... So, to me, you've had a very, you've had a very good career. Um, you're still young as far as I'm concerned. You've had a, you've had a good career for the Windies. You're... Average in mid thirties in about twenty twenties. It's not really about the average; it's the strike rate. Your strike rate's phenomenal um, in twenty twenties. Um, you're actually when people properly look at it, you're one of the key batsmen in the ODI team. Um, I think people sometimes forget that. <laughs> so you're one of the key batsmen in the in the ODI team. Um, what um, what targets do you have? I know we talked about tests, but. Let, let's say the test doesn't, let's say test cricket doesn't happen for whatever reason. And let's say you still stick around kind of limited overs cricket. What, what targets are you really setting yourselves going, going forward, whether, whether in the maroon or just individually across your career? I think I probably, probably even to play ODI cricket as long as possible. You know, once I have life, health and strength, most important. Um, to be honest, I'm not really a big, Guy in terms of probably trying to set records, you know, sometimes you might say you probably want to score 500 runs in 10 games or 15 games or something like that. And you know, sometimes you get a good ball, sometimes you get run out, you know. So it's, it's, it's basically, basically kind of hard to plan, plan stuff, you know. Sometimes when you do get off, the most important thing is probably trying to score as much runs as possible because, you know, as batsmen, we go through a hard time. Sometimes we struggle, you know, we get out of form, we get injured, and all this stuff. So when you're out there and you really yeah, making use of it, you have to try and score as much runs as possible. And that is something I'm probably looking at as long as I am playing cricket. Do, sounds a silly, it sounds a silly question, but and, and based on what you said, okay, is this criticism? Is this a criticism? Do you think you should have had more hundreds by now? In ODIs? Any format. 
okay, that is better. No, okay, let me rephrase that because it's hard to get a 2020-100, so I don't even know why. Yeah. But oh, let's say ODIs. Do you think you should have had more by now? No, T20 is not a hard question because I'm actually an opener, to be honest with you. Uh, this has been my sixth year, seventh year in CPL, and I haven't had a, a T20 hundred as yet. And that is something I've been hitting me very hard lately. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple 80s, I had a couple 90s, and I then didn't um, get over the line to get that hundred, especially the, the innings I played recently when I scored 89. Yeah. Uh, that game kind of hurt. Although we win the game, it hurt me because I know it's probably like two hits away, two six, and, I'm, and I'll probably get my hundred. Um, ODIs to the extent, yeah. Because I have played probably just over 50 games. I only, have, I only have like three centuries. I think I suppose to have more than that. You know, sometimes you come in, you come in a team, you know, full of confidence and stuff and things. And sometimes things doesn't go your way. Sometimes rush your blood, make you pay fall shots. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot to bear with. You know, but um, as I say, I have, I have age on my side and... I've have a good good bit of time before I um could retire. So I look into score as much hundred as possible once given the opportunity. Of course, of course. And uh San Santoki and I are uh, very much in the belief that uh, you don't have to say it, but we're very much in the belief <laughs> that West Indies are favourites. Um not favourites. We think West Indies are gonna win the World Cup <laughs> next year. Uh God willing it takes place and COVID isn't as bad as it is now and uh, it takes place in India next year. Because uh, we look at the West Indies lineup, batting lineup. Let's just focus on the batting, all the way through down to probably Bravo at nine. Mm. At, no, what am I talking about? Narine at nine because Narine could, happen, but then he's trying to battle against you, Chris Gale, Simmons. <laughs> so let's say that let's say Narine doesn't open and he has to come mm-hmm. down because of just the the strength of the batting in the region. Mm. When you and this wasn't meant to be a question, but now I'm asking you: when you play. 2020s with the West Indies in the in the camp. Do people look around and go, "Wow, look what we've got"? Or, or like, you, surely you you must not feel any pressure to have to get a, a score as such in a team like that. Yeah, you are right. You know, especially a lot of experience guy in the team. Also, you know, you look around and said, you know, if you don't get off, this one will get off, and this will be going down and down and down and down because it's about a lot of a lot of talent in the room and you know, a lot of experience. You know, sometimes, but you know, cricketers play on his days sometimes. It's not really about names, it's about bat and ball, you know. Whoever played play better in the game, the day will win the game, mm-hmm. to be honest. That's that, that's how the cricket goes. So, I think, I think once selected or once you select the right team yeah. for that World Cup, we definitely will be a powerhouse to be reckoned with, to be honest. I know it's, 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 it's probably like going to play with, probably India or something like that. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so you know, most of these guys are accustomed with those conditions, you know, playing in the IPL and couple couple series down there. So I think we're seeing will be up for us, you know, we just have to back our skills and believe in one, one another. And I think things should go fine from there, to be honest. Definitely, I agree with what you said about the experience. And before Mash gets into the final question, I guess having played in the Bangladesh Premier League and the IPL, do you feel comfortable at this point playing in the subcontinent, Asian conditions, which is where the next World Cup is going to be? Yeah, of course, of course. To be honest, um, I'm actually I actually have two BPL hundreds. Um, mm. I feel very very comfortable playing on these wickets. You know, these to be honest, you these wickets not not much different from the Caribbean yeah. wickets. You know, it's it's slow and spins a bit. Um, I think it's something we get accustomed to. We adapt to. I actually played probably like four or five years in BPL, so I think 
these wickets are very good for us in terms of Caribbean players. So we end with this final question then, Evan. And I'm glad you just mentioned BPL. Um, you've played everywhere. Um, in fact no you haven't do you know what you haven't you haven't have you had an england have you had an english contract yet no i haven't yeah that's well if you if you if if, if when cricket returns back to the full calendar as normal and you get that england contract we'll make sure we come and see you (laughs) in whichever county it is that you get the t20 contract for but um of all the places you've played in the world um including at home what's the best ground you've played in where you've gone there in fact you're not allowed okay let me rephrase you can't say queen's park oval you're not allowed to say that queen's park oval to one side because everyone either says queen's park or providence and so that to one side what's the best ground that you've played in where you've gone to the, just the atmosphere and the ground you thought this is amazing i think probably um mumbai 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 probably is number one. The atmosphere there is, is, is crazy, man. It's crazy. Do you hear people love cricket down in India? It's crazy. That's Mumbai calling right now. <laughs> 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 but, uh, um, yeah, Mumbai, yeah. Um, and if it was, we'll give you a chance. If it was the Caribbean, I'm presuming you're going to say Queen's Park Oval, right? Mm. No. No. Oh. Okay. Send kids. Oh. Why? So in case of the best, that's what's very good. The ground is small for a batsman. Spoken, spoken like a true uh, St. Kitts patriot. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> of course, man. Of course. St. Kitts to my heart. <laughs> and although that's technically the final question, I've got a new one, Santel, here. I'm actually going to end with this one. Um, you're known as a, 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 su- a supremely destructive batsman and one of the biggest six-hitters in the Caribbean. So... Who is the biggest six-hitter, though? Everyone talks about Dre Russ. You've played with both. You've played with him. You've played with Gale. Um, Sunil seems to want to get in on the act now. Uh, Rothman can get in on the act. Who's the best Shimron, Puran, Pollard? Who's the best six-hitter in the Caribbean? Hey, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. Trust me. I probably have to say probably who probably can hit six at will under pressure, I could say. Hitting six is not is, is, is probably easy. Easier if you're not under pressure. You know, if you're under pressure, it's a lot harder. Yeah. It definitely will have to be between Paul Allen and, and Russell, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So you're not, not yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll leave. I'm actually an honest guy. I won't say myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a copy kind. <laughs> I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Okay. Um, well, Evan, um, I think Santoki, I speak for both of us when I say you've been an amazing guest um, and you, you, you've lived up to the hype um, for sure. Uh, Santoki, any last words? No, no, just a great time, Evan, and I wish you the best uh, for the rest of CPL. And uh, going Thanks, forward man. after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all, all the best, Evan, except when you play Talawas. We've got you. <laughs> so stay out injured if you can, because we need you. <laughs> but, all, but all the best, um, Evan, and thank you for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been episode 27 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast.